Hello and welcome into part two of our running back draft strategy discussion. Uh, we left off last at last episode after round four. We are going to be getting uh, beginning this this uh, part two episode with rounds five and six. That is our next tier on the board here. This is probably my favorite tier of running backs in a uh, general sense from a value standpoint. So I am excited to start off with these guys on part two. I think this will be a very informative episode. And uh, again, these are a lot of the guys we are going to be really targeting at this point in the draft. Let me just uh, lead off with the, uh, the, the guys we're talking about here in rounds five and six. First running back 17 is Kenneth Walker. 18, Javante Williams, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Alex Madison, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, and James Cook all find themselves within rounds five and six on ADP. Uh, Cody, I don't know about you, but I'm quite bullish on a lot of these guys. Uh, I think at least four or five I like ahead of ADP right now. Um, Before I get too far into it, Cody, give me your thoughts on this tier. Yeah, absolutely. I think the running back talent in this tier is pretty nice. I think this is where we're seeing the benefit of a lot of wide receivers getting pushed up is, you know, the the running back dead zone is typically between three and four, and that's, you know, three through five. That's typically where you mm-hmm. find a lot more of these level of running backs. Uh, but now they're getting pushed down because running backs or wide receivers have such a high emphasis on them. Um, so just to give the people or the clan some context here, uh, wide receivers in round five, Drake London, Terry McLaurin, uh, Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams. In the six, you're looking at Brandon Ayuk, Deontay Johnson, Tyler Lockett, and then Mike Evans is on the, the six, seven turn. So, uh, when you, when you compare it to the wide receiver value that you're getting in this part of the draft, I think this is where you definitely got to target some running backs. Um, I will just throw out my favorite guy in this tier. I know that we're both relatively high on him, but it's Miles Sanders. Um, in sleeper, he has moved up quite a bit. As I've noted here, he's been going, uh, at the end of the fourth round. So I want to kick it off with that question. Would you trust Miles Sanders? Would you draft Miles Sanders at the end of the fourth round? So I think the only reason I'd probably avoid that is just because I like the rest of these guys a lot. Like I said, there's four or five guys that I would be okay with in rounds five and six. If all of my round four targets have been taken, you know, Fields is gone, Herbert's gone. Uh, some of the wide receivers in that range uh, that I like, like DJ Moore, Amari Cooper, uh, if all of those guys that I like are gone, I'll consider Sanders in the late fourth. But I think the fact that, especially if I'm in the late fourth, that means I'm going to swing back around within the next couple picks to get another, uh, you know, I will have an, another shot at at least a couple of these running backs that we like in this range. Uh, you know, if I go on zero RB to that point, maybe I go to, towards Sanders as well. But I think in general, I won't reach for Sanders just because I like the value on these other guys. I'll be able to get the round after. So I, it's not a knock on Sanders necessarily, just sort of how the board is lining up. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from there. I, I think I'm just a little bit higher on Sanders and I would take That's him fair. at the end of the fourth pretty confidently. I, he is probably one of my favorite players for fantasy football this year. Like, if he's bad, I'm probably going to have to eat it in a couple different leagues. So uh, that's just one of those things. I'm putting a lot of stock into him. But the last time we've seen a Frank Reich running back that was in the full role, we got Prime JT who tore up fantasy football. I don't think Miles Sanders is going to be that. I'm not saying go take him in the first or second round. But if he's your RB2 or you go zero RB, I think he's getting enough opportunity he can survive as an RB1. You're not going to feel as confident with them, but I think that that is a strategy. If you go, if we're looking at the draft, you go Jefferson 
And then at the two, three turn, you take some combination, let's say of um, Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith or Chris Olave or something like that. You have three stud wide receivers and you could throw Miles Sanders as your RB one. I, I like that strategy quite a bit, but like you said, know your league. This is sleeper. If you're on ESPN, if you're on Yahoo, check the ADP for those as well. He may still be in the sixth round. If he is, don't waste a fourth round pick on him. Wait another round, get him in the fifth or sixth. So I'm high on him, but I'm not telling you to go reach because there's still a little bit of risk. Miles Sanders, I don't think, has ever been a full workhorse in his career. So we'll see what the change in workload does for him this year in Carolina as well. Yeah, I think the one guy in this tier I'd be willing to reach for into the fourth round is Kenneth Walker. I am 100% biased. I'm going to throw that qualifier out there, but I think he has top five running back potential where I don't know if I see that from really anybody else on the board here. I think a lot of these guys have potential to finish anywhere from eight to you know 15, and those guys can be super valuable for your team. But I think Kenneth Walker is the one guy that has the talent to really, you know, break your league and win your league in round five. Probably a little bit more risk as well with Zach Charbonnet in the building, but still a guy I like quite a bit from a talent standpoint and someone I think doesn't have quite the bust potential that most people think he does. Uh, The groin injury notwithstanding looks like that's clearing up a little bit. Uh, But yeah, I think he's going to be the main, main ball carrier in Seattle and he was great last year without catches. If they don't come again this year, you know, that's not great for half and full PPR leagues, but it's something that he did quite well with uh, without last year. So I, I like him a lot. Other guys in this tier that we like at ADP, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some names out there that I prefer and see how you feel about them. So we've already talked about Walker and Sanders. We both like at their current ADPs. Uh, Javante Williams, I want to get to in a minute. He's going to be almost a separate discussion. I think he is probably risen to where I am comfortable drafting him. I don't know if I like him in his ADP. He's probably right about where I'd rank him right now. Uh, Damian Pierce, James Cook, and uh, J.K. Dobbins. I like all of these guys. I think they all have talent. That's my biggest my biggest thing here. They're all younger. They all have talent, and they all play. Uh, Damian Pierce, notwithstanding, on Good offenses, Dobbins and Cook, especially Pierce. Uh, we don't really know how that offense is going to look, but he should be a bell cow. They're holding him out of preseason. Uh, they're playing Devin Singletary and some other backs, which uh, you know usually means good things for uh, how they view Damian Pierce. But how do you feel about Dobbins, Pierce, and Cook at their current value? James Cook, that is. Um, yeah, James Cook, absolutely. I, I, James Cook at basically the end of the sixth round, I love him there, um, yep. especially if you're in any kind of half or full point PPR. I would take him there all day. Um, he is going around basically Cam Akers through James Cook are all within two picks of each other. So that's Cam, yeah, J.K., Alex Madison, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, James Cook. Um, so basically, if I let's just if I'm ranking that tier, I really like number one for me. I'm a little iffy on J.K. Dobbins, not necessarily the player, but just the overall situation with with him. So I, I'm a little bit more iffy on him than you are. I think if he fell to me at the end of the sixth and I needed a running back, I wouldn't have a problem drafting him. I would just need to put myself in that situation, see who else is available. Um, I guess I would say if there's a guy that I, I somewhat like versus J.K. Dobbins, I'm probably taking the guy I somewhat like, whether it's a wide receiver or tight end or whatnot. So um, – I, and then Damian Pierce, I he was a savior in a couple of my leagues last year. I was all over him in the draft, and, and he panned out quite a bit for me. So I do like Damian Pierce. Um, like I said, he's in a bad offense, but I don't think Devin Singletary is coming in and really competing for the, the majority of the workload there. So I think he's a locked and loaded running back one on that team. 
um, which I like quite a bit. Cam Akers, I'm going to stay away from. Just a terrible offense. Not a terrible offense, but is one injury away from becoming a terrible offense yet again. I don't really want any part of that. Cam Akers really burned me last year. I actually wanted to make a comment about, um, you know, what we consider a bust in fantasy football. Because I know a lot of people, like, when CMC got injured two years in a row, that's a bust. You spent the first pick. He didn't bust as a player. He busted because of injury. Like, some of these guys can't really control that. If they pop an ACL, it's not like they were – you doing something to hurt themselves on purpose. I don't really consider that a bust. That's just unfortunate injury luck that, that happens right. in fantasy football. Cam Akers last year, up until the last couple of weeks, was an utter bust. Like, could not play him. If you if you were bad like me and rostered him for too long, he cost you playoff spots in a league. Like, I cannot draft Cam Akers again, no matter what I saw at the end of last season. Um Alex Madison, I'm up and down on. If he's the last running back of this tier available, I will take him. I know you're not as high on him. Just another guy I like the opportunity. Um, but I would say Cam Akers is at the bottom of this tier, and then Damian – or not Damian Pierce. Alex Madison would be fighting with Rashad White for, for the second bottom of the tier. And then after that, I feel pretty good about any of the guys above that. J.K., I would draft. Uh, Damian Pierce, again, I would draft. James Cook, absolutely at his ADP. Miles Sanders, Kenneth Walker, absolutely. Um, so I like this tier quite a bit. Like you said, when you're building your team, which is what these episodes are about, you go early running back, a hero running back, and you load up on either Mark Andrews and a couple wide receivers or just three to four wide receivers before you get here. And then you get a you know, a Kenneth Walker, a Miles Sanders as your RB2, or even a James Cook as your RB2 with a fully loaded wide receiver room. I love that. I think that this is a tier that good fantasy players are going to target, and that's why uh, that's why I think we're both all over it, if I'm being completely honest. I, I was making my notes without trying to look at your questions here because I knew that you know you and I think a lot draft kind of similarly, and a lot of my notes are very similar to yours. So um, I do want to hit on your last point here, and then I'll throw it back over to you. So that way I'm not just copying what you say. But if I was my running back one out of this group, I would, obviously I've already said it, I like Miles Sanders if you have a loaded running back or wide receiver room. I'd also feel the same thing about Kenneth Walker. I'd be a little bit more concerned about Zach Charbonnet, but not enough to where I wouldn't draft him. And then after that point, I really look at the majority of these guys as RB2s. Um, I, I don't really feel good about Dobbins or Pierce or James Cook as my running back one even though I did just say, you know, I have no problem drafting them at ADP. Yeah, uh, I pretty much agree with everything you said there. I don't think we got to get too far into uh, a rebuttal on anything there other than uh, I will reiterate Kenneth Walker and Miles Sanders are probably the last two guys I'm okay with being my RB1 if I, uh, you know, go with a little modified zero RB. Uh, but like you said, the rest of the guys at the tier are like Dobbins, Pierce, Cook, all of those guys I'd love to have as my RB2 uh, because that most likely means the rest of my roster is pretty strong. I am off of Acres as well. I don't like the Ram situation. Seems very fragile. Uh, you know, if Stafford goes down, if Cup goes down, if that offensive line is as bad as it was last year, seems like it's going to be a really tough year for the uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Madison, we had an extended discussion on why I don't love him. Just It's just more about the talent of the player himself. Rashad White, similar to Cam Akers, uh, we're unsure about the talent of the player himself, and the team could be a total train wreck. So I don't want to hitch my wagon there. I uh, I I'd struggle a little bit with Shad White in a full PPR. I like him a little more because he could have some value as a pass catcher, but uh, I, I'm mostly off of him as well. Javante, give me 30 quick seconds on him. I know we did uh, we did do an extended discussion on Javante in our running back disagreement episode. 
but give me 30 seconds on where you, uh, if you like Javante as current ADP of RB18. I prefer to wait for P. Ryan later on, personally. But uh, what do you think about Javante at RB18? ADP is 59 right now. You know, my biggest issue with Javante is if any more positive news comes out, I think his ADP continues to rise. And like you just said, yeah. he's already at a point where he is a risky pick. If Miles Sanders, if J.K. Dobbins is on the board, like that's a serious you know consideration you have to make. You know, you've got to take those guys you know are going to get opportunities. Even if Javante is 90% healthy, the Sean Payton offense typically runs out two running backs, which is why P. Ryan can be important. We'll talk about later. Um so I, I loved him when I was mock drafting and he was falling to eight, nine, and you got to take a shot on him. Love that. At this point, you're committing to him being your running back too, unless you go, you know, a bunch of running backs. And I just don't think that's going to be the strategy for this season necessarily. Um, so at this price, I'm, I'm out on Javante. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Obviously I, I have him a little lower than this anyway, but yeah, the positive news is going to keep, he's going to keep rising up this board as long as I think he's playing in the preseason this weekend. If he looks good there, watch out. He's going to be around three or four pick before you know it. I think the Absolutely. last note I want to make about round five and six is that if Brees Hall falls into late round five, early round six, I'm pretty tempted personally. I know you, uh, you weren't quite as on Brees Hall after the, uh, Dalvin Cook signing as I was, but I, uh, I'm just bullish on the upside. I think he, along with Kenneth Walker, are the only two guys that could potentially be in this tier that can be top five running backs. But that's the last point to make about round five and six. Do you have anything else you want to add or you want to jump to the next tier? Nope. Let's go ahead and jump into the next tier. Okay. Uh, that was probably our most involved tier from both a size standpoint and a uh, just overall content standpoint. So these next couple will move a little bit quicker. Uh, round seven through eight, it's a little bit of a smaller tier, but again, I just ended up going by ADP and it broke really nicely here with these, uh, these six guys kind of living in their own zone here in round seven and eight. DeAndre Swift leads us off at RB26. James Conner at 27. Montgomery, David Montgomery at RB28. Dalvin Cook at RB29, he's probably going to go much higher than this. I think I'd probably even put him in the round five and six tier if I had to guess for uh, you know how ADP is going to shake out. RB30, Alvin Kamara. RB31, Isaiah Pacheco. I am personally pretty hot and cold on this tier. There's a couple guys I like quite a bit. The other guys I am basically completely off unless they fall you know round round or two in ADP. I before I, I jump it over to uh, throw it over to you. I wanted to make this point. I should have made this earlier on uh, as before we even started but i think the the term taking a guy off the board or like you know that is just a term that should not be in your vocabulary there is always a point where somebody is going to be worth the pick in the draft i don't care you know if you really don't like jonathan taylor this year that's fine but if he's sitting there in the fourth round draft him i mean there there are there is a point where every single player is worth the selection that they're at so i just wanted to throw that out there uh, even though i don't like some of these guys Yes, exactly. Uh, all these guys play the value, absolutely, hundred percent. Right. So, Cody, I'll throw it to you. Uh, who are some of these guys? Some of the guys you're targeting here? Yeah, absolutely. The clear number one for me is is James Conner, um, just due to his stranglehold that he has on the touches in Arizona. I don't think Keontae Ingram, Corey Clement, or Tyson Williams are really challenging him for the role as really? long as he's healthy. Um, I do. Yeah, I know those guys are good, man. Uh, watch out there in Arizona. The, the team that is not favoring a single game all year is going to be running out elite oh, running God. backs just out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that he's my clear target in this round. And I, that actually gives me a caveat. I, if they, you know that there's a way you're going to get Javante 
in the sixth round, and then you could swing around in the seventh and get James Conner, and you could start James Conner as your RB2 and just have Javante as a backup that he can work into his role, get healthy as the season goes, or you can figure out something to do with him. Love that strategy. Um, But I think there's only – James Conner, to start the season, because Kamara does fall into this category, obviously. You just have to draft and hold them. But going into week one, the only players I feel comfortable flexing as we sit here would be James Conner or as an RB2. Uh, David Montgomery I would feel comfortable with. I think it's a little bit more risky, but I think the early part of the season he's going to definitely be a little bit more involved. We'll see if Gibbs steals some more touches from him. Um, And then after that, after those two, I'm, I'm really not that confident. I mean, DeAndre Swift. I just we'll get into some other Eagles options later in the draft. I just can't draft him where he's going for a committee. Um, Dalvin Cook is just not going to be going here, so I don't want to spend too much time on him. I think once his ADP gets settled, once we're doing mock drafts next week, we could talk a little bit about him during the mock draft. He's kind of an unsettled guy right now. And then I'd take Pacheco in non-PPR, but that's probably the only format I feel really good taking Pacheco. Obviously, like you said. It's all, it's all about the value. If Pacheco falls around or so, I'm not going to say I'm not going to take him. But in half and full point PPR, I would be very scared taking Pacheco here in the eighth round. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'm, I'm almost completely off of Pacheco, even in non-PBR. Like you said, uh, there is a point where I would end up taking him, but uh, I just think this Chiefs backfield is going to be a committee, and it probably should be. Smarter teams usually operate that way because they know they're going to need these guys later in the season. Chiefs have the long game in mind. They're not worried about running Pacheco into the ground in week four when you need a fantasy win. Uh, but Pacheco is only going to get, you know, 12 to 15 carries because they know that's what's best for him long term. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. Connor Montgomery and Kamara. I'm good with all four, all three of those guys as RB2s. I like Kamara a little more than you do, I think. But uh, obviously with Kamara, you're going to have to draft uh, a replacement somewhere down the line. But I just really like the way he looked in the first preseason game. I like the fact that that running back room has thinned out a little bit. I still think he's going to be their best option. And I think the Saints are going to be a sneaky good team this year as well. I don't know if you've seen any of the uh, the content coming out about the quarterbacks that they play, but it is pretty miraculous how few good quarterbacks the Saints play basically all season. So I think they're going to be up in a lot of games. They'll be able to dictate the pace of play. And Kamara should be a pretty big part of that offense because I think Jamal Williams is what he is. He's a good, you know, good spell back. But even though he had a great year for fantasy last year for Detroit, Detroit went and paid David Montgomery more money to basically replace Jamal Williams. So that kind of tells you what they think of him as an actual player on the field. Uh, so I think I think Kamara is clearly more talented. Will be the lead guy when he comes back. Not going to belabor Connor. Uh, I think. Like you said, they're gonna they're gonna be trailing in a lot of games this year. But he had 58 targets in 13 games last year. He's gonna get the ball thrown to him quite a bit, especially when Colt McCoy's in because he is not as mobile as Kyler Murray. So you're gonna be able to eat up points in half and uh, full PPR leagues with James Conner. Uh, they have no reason to not run him into the ground. I think this is the last year of his contract. They might as well, you know, not beat up any of their younger running backs that, like you said, they don't even have anyway. So I think Conner's gonna get a lot of work, especially in the passing game. Montgomery, basically the opposite. Maybe not quite as much work in the passing game. That'll go to Jameer Gibbs, but he's on a really good team. The the, the Jamal Williams mold should follow uh, here with David Montgomery. Won't have as many touchdowns, but I'm cool with him being my RB2. Uh, off Swift, off Dalvin Cook, off Pacheco. Give me Connor Montgomery and Kamara in this range. Yeah, I there's one more point I want to make about this range before we move on, and that's going to be about Alvin Kamara. Um, so this is, again, just know your platform that you're on. Uh, I think that's a very important thing when you're looking at draft strategy. 
Yep. Um, especially if you're in like a home league where maybe half the people do research before the draft and half the people show up to the draft with uh, the ADP sheet printed off from ESPN or something like that. So if that's the case, I just want to like point this out. In Sleeper right now, uh, Kamara got drafted in the fifth round, and I don't think I'd feel confident at all taking him there. You're really hoping when he comes back he really can shoot for his upside at that point. Um, so, you know, check ESPN ADP, check Yahoo, check CBS, whichever app that you're playing on and know your league a little bit. You know, if, if Kamara's going to get snagged up in the fifth, I'd let someone else take him and let some value fall to you. So with that being said, what's, is there, you know, would you consider him in the fifth or sixth round or is he pretty much just a value play here in the eighth, seventh, eighth? You talk about Kamara. Yeah. Sorry, I, I missed that first part, but um, yeah, I, I'm not reaching for him in round five or six. I think I think I'm playing the value at round seven or eight, just because player. again, I like a lot of the guys we talked about in the previous tier. So I'm taking pretty much all of them over Kamara, just because they're going to be there week one, and I like their upside almost as much anyway. So I think all the guys we talked about before: James Cook, Damian Pierce, Kenneth Walker, Miles Sanders, taking all of them over Kamara uh, in pretty much any format. Same with like Brees Hall if he falls, uh, but. Yeah, I like him in this range, but I'm not reaching for him. Fair enough. Let's go to 9 and 10. All right. This is where we have a bit of a break here, Cody. Uh, A lot of these guys are going to be less sure things, more you're kind of speculating a little bit here. Uh, You know, with with some of the guys in the previous tier, we can kind of count on Connor, Montgomery, those guys to have their roles in their offenses. Even if they don't produce to the level we hope they do, they're going to get touches and be, you know, guys that aren't going to kill you in your fantasy lineup. These guys are more, you know, guys we're going to have to just kind of see how their offense shakes out and we'll, then we'll know more once the season starts, but you're taking a bit of a lottery card on these, uh, these, this group here. So rounds nine and 10 includes Antonio Gibson, AJ Dillon, Brian Robinson, the teammate of Antonio Gibson, Khalil Herbert. I expect him to be probably in the round seven or eight tier by the time you draft most, uh, most likely Rashad Penny, Samaj P. Ryan, Jamal Williams of the New Orleans Saints this year, Zach Charbonnet of the Seattle Seahawks, Devon A. Chain, the rookie running back for the Miami Dolphins, and then Jarek McKinnon rounds out this tier, the Kansas City running back. I know that was a lot of names. Uh, I will try to reiterate as we go through here who we are talking about specifically, but Cody, uh, give me a couple guys that you are targeting out of this tier, or uh, you know, if, if you're not targeting guys in this tier, tell me why. I, I do want to point out, just since you brought up that point, uh, if you are curious of what running backs are in which tier or if you missed a name or you don't know if you heard a name or not, all the running back names will be in the podcast and YouTube description as well with the timestamps for each tier. Thank uh, you, so if you made it this far and you want to go back and look for someone or you want to see where someone falls in the rounds, feel free to do so um, in the description. So in 9 and 10, um, for me, when you're at this point in the draft, it's really just – what does my roster look like and what kind of needs do I have? Uh, most of the time when I get into this draft, as I would say, someone who's done a lot of mocks, so I, I feel like I'm an experienced mock drafter at this point. I'm looking at guys that are going to give me you know upside because I feel like I've locked down my running backs. I feel like I've locked down my receivers. These are just guys that you know are kind of depth pieces or maybe upside pieces. Khalil Herbert 100% falls into there. I think even in the seventh or eighth, Maybe the eighth, I'd feel really comfortable with taking him there. In the seventh, it's a little bit questionable because I obviously I'm taking James Conner over him, and I probably just loaded up on running back in rounds five and six, so I need to 
maybe focus on receiver, tight end, quarterback, whoever may be available. So Khalil's a little bit questionable just based on who's around him. Um, in this tier, you know, we did mention Samaje Ryan. Again, the Denver offense tends to run two running backs. Javante's coming off that terrible knee injury. Um, you know, it wasn't the cleanest of tears, similar like Brees Hall had. So it's honestly amazing that he's at this point in his recovery. Um, so well, either he's an outlier like Adrian Peterson or Samaje Ryan's going to be really good value for fantasy football. And I would say it's probably 75% on the Samaje Ryan side right now if I had to uh, bet on it. And then my other running back in this tier, I feel okay drafting. Well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say one more than a caveat, and that's Jamal Williams. If you went zero RB or hero RB and you need someone to flex or throw in your RB2 spot for a couple weeks while you figure something out, you can do that with Jamal Williams with Alvin Kamara's suspension as well as Kendra Miller's injury. Um, and then Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, I don't necessarily hate drafting either of those two guys just in specific formats. In full PPR, I prefer Antonio Gibson just being the pass catcher. In half PPR, I probably still lean his way, but I do think Brian Robinson is going to get more of the work. So in non-PPR and even in half PPR, he should be right there with Antonio Gibson just based on the workload I see him receiving um, over Gibson. But that's a little bit of an analysis on some of the names here. Um, what, are you, what are your comments on my comments there? Is there anyone that you disagree with or, or tend to agree with from me? I don't have huge disagreements on anybody that you named there. I like the Jamal Williams point you made. That is a good guy to kind of uh, you know fill out your first couple weeks uh, with at least some you know solid production. If you went zero RB and you need someone to fill that spot, things change pretty quickly in fantasy football. So having a guy that's going to be a guaranteed starter for three weeks is pretty valuable. Gives you a lot of time to sort out your running back situation. Um, you know, there's just going to be guys that get hurt, guys that emerge. And if you are savvy and you trust yourself to pick somebody up off the wire or maybe make a trade to uh, help yourself out once Kamara comes back, Williams is a good guy to have as a, you know, flex or RB2 if you really went heavy on the wide receivers early. But I think in a general sense, I prefer taking the high upside wide receivers in this same range of the draft. So I don't know about a ton of shares here. I like the, uh, you know, injury notwithstanding from Traylon Burks. We'll see how he is. Uh, I think before the injury, I would have said he was in that group. Jahan Dotson, Jordan Addison, Gabe Davis, um, Marquise Brown, Jackson Smith and Jigba, all those guys going kind of in this tier, Quentin Johnson, and all guys that have the ability to really emerge and become wide receiver starters for you. So I think I'd be leaning towards those guys in most leagues. Um, you know, in non-PPR settings, obviously, you're probably going to lean more towards the running backs, but in half and full PPR, I'm leaning towards those young wide receivers for the most part. A couple guys I do like in this tier, Brian Robinson, I like him a little more than you. Uh, I just think he is probably going to be the lead runner and maybe, you know, significantly outtouch Antonio Gibson by the end of the year. Khalil Herbert, I hate even including in this tier because he he will not be in this tier. He'll be in he'll be in the yep. one above it uh, when draft season rolls around. And I don't, you know, I'd rather have the guys we talked about in the last year over Herbert. But if he's in now at nine or ten, definitely take a shot on him. Samaj P. Ryan, agree with you. I'm not going to belabor that point. And then uh, the rest of the guys, I don't really love at ADP. Penny, I was really on at the beginning of draft season, but the tea leaves have been very negative out of camp for him. So I'd probably need a positive report or two to come out before I am able to uh, draft him. Seems like he might not even have a roster spot. So uh, I don't know if there are any other guys you really want to talk about here, but I think any guys we didn't really mention, we're probably not too keen on at their current ADPs. Yeah, there's one name I want to mention, and um, a, another fantasy football podcast actually talked about this guy, and that's Devon A-Chain. 
And they had a little bet between them on whether or not they are going to he is going to get six opportunity or six rush attempts per game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with how explosive he is, if he's on the field enough to get six rushing attempts per game out of the gate, I think he's okay taking a shot on. Um, but this it's, it's just a guy we're not going to know enough about going into drafts. Um, if you have three good running backs and there's just not a wide receiver you like at that point, I don't mind taking a shot on him as just a, a boom play. But I, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. I mean, would you take Devon A-Chain? Do you feel like there's just too many mouths if you in Miami? Not only in the running back room, but in general with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle there as well. Yeah, so this is a situation where I think uh, Wilson and Mostert are going to run ahead of him uh, as far as the at least the first and second down work is concerned. I think, you know, McDaniel's a smart coach. He'll have some packages prepared for A-Chain specifically because he has speed. But I think those guys are going to be trusted inside the tackles. If one of them gets hurt, he becomes a lot more interesting. It's a very high possibility. But I think he'd need both of them to probably go down before he would be a you know locked and loaded fantasy starter. And I don't love the bet on those sort of things before the season starts. So... I think I'd rather wait and take one of those guys out of the Miami backfield. And, uh, you know, that's the biggest reason I'd probably be off A-chain because I really do like drafting either Mostert or Wilson later on. All right. Well, let's jump into 11-12 and then 13 after that. I feel like we're going to have a lot of the same guys in mind here so we can kind of buzz through these last few rounds. Yeah, we can sort of combine these tiers, and we'll just we'll just touch on 11-12 and then touch on round 13. We don't really need to transition because, again, these are all just – late round dart throws uh, that you know we're hoping for maybe guys that have one variable that could turn them into a fantasy asset like an injury or uh, a role change that we weren't expecting. But guys in the round 11 through 12 range, Damian Harris at 42, Tyler Algier, Tank Bigsby, Elijah Mitchell, Kendra Miller of the Saints. Uh, I believe he will fall because of his knee sprain, so this ADP is probably not taking that into account. Devin Singletary at 47 of the Texans. Deontay Foreman at 48 of the Bears. Jalen uh, Jalen Warren, I almost said Jalen Waddle. That would be quite the ADP for him. But uh, Jalen Warren at 49 of the Steelers. I think this is, you're getting into handcuff zone here. I would just really in general tend to want to take guys that might also be able to be flex uh, instead of, you know, guys that you're just waiting for an injury. So that means for me, I'm looking at like the Tank Bigsby's, the Elijah Mitchell's and, uh, you know, the Jalen Warren's if you're in uh, a PPR league. I think the rest of those guys, you really need an injury before they are startable fantasy assets unless something we just really do not expect to happen happens, uh, you know, early in the year. 100% 100% agree with you. I, I don't even really have too much to add there. I think these are all just handcuffed guys. Or, um, I mean, even like Damian Harris going where he's going is just – I would never take Damian Harris there in a draft, so I don't even have anything to say about that. Same thing about Devin Singletary. So, yeah, I don't have much more to add. I think round 13-plus is a little bit more interesting because there's actually guys here who could become fantasy yeah. assets. Yeah, I like them more than these guys, honestly. It's it's weird. Yeah. I do like those round 13-plus guys more than the rounds 11-12 guys. Yep. All right, let's jump into 13-plus then because I think yeah, that's there a more are, interesting discussion. There are some more interesting names here, and these are guys obviously that you, know, you can wait as long as you want to wait for, and they will probably be available for you really late in your draft. Uh, so let's go through the names here at 50. We have Roshan Johnson, the third bears running back. We have talked about so far rookie out of Texas. He backed up Bijan Robinson. Uh, so didn't get a ton of work in college, but it's a talented player. 51 Raheem Mostert, who we just mentioned 
Kenneth Gainwell at 52 of the Philadelphia Eagles. Ty J. Spears, he is the pure handcuff for Derrick Henry out of the uh, Tennessee backfield. Jeff Wilson, the other Miami guy we just talked about. Chase Brown, the Cincinnati Bengals running back. He was drafted this year. Uh, who was the guy that you mistaked him for? Chase Bryce, I believe. Was that Chase, was that Chase Rice? The Chase Rice. Singer. Okay, yep. yeah, okay. Absolutely. Uh, Zamir White, the pure handcuff for uh, Josh Jacobs in Oakland, or excuse me, Las Vegas. Ezekiel Elliott at 57. Jerome Ford at 58 of Cleveland, uh, the backup to Nick Chubb. Chuba Hubbard at 59 in Carolina. And then Kareem Hunt at 60, currently teamless. Uh, Cody, give me a couple guys that you are looking at in this tier. Yep. I I will let you talk about the Miami guys because you already mentioned them earlier. So I will take Kenneth Gainwell. Um, if you're going to draft either um, DeAndre Swift or uh, Rashad Penny where they're going, I think Kenneth Gainwell may end up being – I'm not going to really want any of them. He's more of just a round 13 insurance piece. If one of them goes down with injury, if Rashad Penny gets cut, something like that, I feel a lot better about that draft pick. And then the other guy that you actually don't have listed that I may end up snagging up with the last pick in a couple of deep drafts is Ty Chandler, the backup running back for Minnesota. Good call. Uh, if you are, are on the belief that you know Nick is, that Alexander Madison is not the athlete to be a true workhorse RB1, I think Ty Chandler showed some really cool stuff during the preseason game. I know it's yep. just preseason, but he's on an NFL field making plays. You love to see that. And uh, I would not mind snagging him up in the very last round of our draft, uh, per se, with the 12-man double flex, super deep league uh, that we currently play in. So, Yeah, I think there are three guys I'm really looking at in this tier that I like. You mentioned one of them is Kenneth Gainwell, mostly because of the value here. He's getting a lot of positive buzz out of camp. If you believe any of these Eagles Beast reporters, he is going to be the main guy on first and second downs. If that ends up being the case, you know, it remains to be seen, but... At this late in the draft, you might as well throw the dart. And then take your shot on either Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson. I think one of them is going to be the lead guy. It's really hard to tell who it is, but you might find yourself a starting running back in round 13+, plus, and you could know pretty quickly because I think it'll become apparent who the lead guy is there. Even if they you know, shift back and forth a little bit, I don't think either one of these guys beyond injury is going to completely fall off the map. So they should still be usable assets, in my opinion, uh, ahead of Devon A-Chain early in the year. And then the rest of the guys are pretty much handcuffs, like we said. They are, you know, if you are a type to draft handcuffs for your, you know, your first and second round picks, go ahead and do it. But that's not really my game per se. I, uh, you know, I shoot for a little bit more upside in those situations. So the rest of the guys I'm not too interested in. I do want to throw out a couple more guys as well. CEH of the Kansas City Chiefs, I think he gets overlooked a lot, mm. but uh, I think he could be an interesting option early in the year. Again, I think this is going to be a lot more of a committee backfield than we expect. Uh, you know, Pacheco going a little too high in both of our opinions, I feel like. I think CEH could be just as valuable. Another guy that could be a plug-and-play guy for you early in the year if you go 0RB. And then Deuce Vaughn of the Dallas Cowboys, another guy I want to throw out there because I think there will be a second fantasy-relevant running back in Dallas. Not sure who it's going to be, but Deuce Vaughn looked really good in his first preseason game. I loved his tape coming out of Kansas State. He's a very tiny guy. I think that is uh, obviously apparent, 5'6", 176. So he's not going to be a guy that's going to get 15 to 20 touches a game, uh, especially with Tony Pollard there, but could be a guy that, you know, behind a really good offensive line on a good team, could be a fantasy asset in deeper leagues. Yeah, good call there on CEH and Deuce Vaughn. Um, if you, They're if free you play under – 
Yep. I was going to say, if you play underdog Last best pick, ball, I mean, I mean, that goes yeah. through 18 rounds and Clyde is consistently an 18th round pick in there. So like mm-hmm. we're talking about guy, a guy who's probably on the waiver wire week one. Love and him there's a chance ball. he comes out and you never know that CEH may be the RB1 to start the season for the Chiefs because there's no guarantee Pacheco's the number one guy. He may have yeah. looked the best to end the season last year, but Andy Reid likes to run a specific offense. Pacheco really doesn't fit into that offense all too well. So, you know, I think McKinnon and CEH are really the running backs Andy Reid would prefer if he was building one in a lab. So um, I, I do think that there is some value there with going going late CEH. But um, Deuce Vaughn will be interesting. I'm looking forward to the Dallas uh, Week 2 preseason game, hopefully seeing a little bit more explosiveness out of him. If he replicates what he did in Week 1, I don't even think Malik Davis is in consideration for their RB2 in my mind. I would gladly take Deuce Vaughn at the end of my draft just with the hope that he's either a handcuff to Tony Pollard or he's used similar, not similar to Zeke, but him and Pollard are similar to how Zeke and Pollard were last year where they both just get enough usage to where they're both fantasy relevant. So I I love uh, the shout out there. A couple other guys just in this tier, Jerome Ford, I think is a good handcuff. Um, to Nick Chubb. He's gotten a lot of good hype out of camp. I think he may have had a small injury. I can't remember if I'm he did. remembering that correctly. He did. Okay. Uh, I think it was a soft tissue injury that he should be back in time for week one for. He actually has some slight potential to be usable week to week as well. I, we saw how they used Kareem Hunt uh, you know, the past couple of years. I don't think Cleveland wants to throw 30 touches a game on Nick Chubb uh, necessarily. So Jerome Ford could be somebody that is usable week to week. I I just don't love taking these guys that have been kind of career practice squad slash RB3 types because there usually is a reason that they are that way. But, um, you know, could be a guy that gets used a little more than some of the other handcuffs here. Absolutely. And then the last name I wanted to point out, oh, I'm not going to be able to find that on here, darn it, Um, was going to be Zamir White because if you draft Josh Jacobs, you know, this weekend if you're drafting, I think – Taking a shot at Zamir White is um, is yeah, fine as point. well, but my my only concern with that is I was actually watching a uh, NFL trivia video and Brandon Bolden, who would be I guess the third string running back on this team, is like the fifteenth or sixteenth highest paid running back in the NFL. He just has a weird like really? six million dollar contract. Yeah, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> no I, way. I gotta look this. I up. yes, I the first article I pulled up only went through ten, but I'm pretty sure he's in the top like sixteen or eighteen highest paid running backs in the NFL. Maybe it Wild. just cracked 20 or something, but he's like he's up there where he shouldn't be at all. So just just kind of funny to me that, you know, the Zamir White does have a lot of hype in best ball, but Brandon Bolden does have a, a decent contract for a running back this year. Moms, teach your your sons that are running backs to to, to punt cover because I feel like Brandon Bolden has made <laughs> a bit of a career on being able to be a third or fourth string running back and being able to cover punts well. That's pretty funny, but uh, yeah, I, that's a good point to bring up. Yep. All right, Nick, let's hop out of here. Let's go get our running backs filmed. Uh, if you made it through this one, made it through the other one, like, yep. comment, subscribe, all the good stuff. We'll be back with running backs tomorrow. Peace out.